needs came from Brazil and I prayed for those and called to see how things were. It was very interesting last night, it was just a little after 10 o'clock and I was laying down but wasn't asleep and I saw that I had a message on my phone from a person that I know in Brazil, a person is going through some rather difficult physical experiences right now and we just uh, com communicated a little bit with via uh, text messages and finally I just I didn't I don't know I was just kind of half out of it I guess I didn't really know how I could do it I know now but I didn't at that moment how to send a voice prayer to her but uh, I just wrote a little message I just wrote a little prayer and ask God to, you know, God reads. Did you know that? <laughs> God is able to read. Doesn't matter whether it's English or Portuguese, Spanish or German or whatever it is. God understands it all, all right? And uh, wrote and uh, just prayed that uh, she would have a good night. It was 2.30 in the morning there. Um, and she was awake with pain and not able to sleep. And uh, so this morning I got another message from her. She said, thank you for your prayer last night. After you prayed, I laid back down and I went to sleep and slept the rest of the night. You know, we have got to believe that God wants to hear us yeah, and that God hears us. Yeah. And when we make specific requests to the Lord, and my prayer was very specific, Lord, relieve the pain and help her to lay down and get a good night's rest tonight. And that happened because that's what I asked for. That's what God did. I'm nobody special, nobody different than you, but that's what I did, and God answered that prayer. And uh, <clears throat> I was very glad to know that the Lord again was very attentive to my prayer. And uh, then I received another message. Well, I had received another message real early in the morning. I happened to be awake, just took a quick look. And a son in the faith who serves as a missionary from Brazil in Portugal, and uh, he sent me a Bible verse, and I just wrote back and said, have a great Sunday. May God bless you and give you success in your service. And he wrote back and said the same to you, and I just felt in my heart that I needed to call him. And I called him and learned that he and his wife were going through some very, very difficult situations with regard to her, her, her health. And uh, so I was uh, glad to be able to minister to them and later to go to prayer and just take their need before God. Amen? Yeah, yeah. Praise God. Take their need before the Lord. He is the one that hears our prayers and answers all of our request to him. Amen? Amen? Praise God. So this morning for me has been a very busy morning and uh, I had been up kind of late last night putting final touches on my message but I still had a few things to do and I had to do that. I'm just rushing around and <laughs> trying to make it all come together. Uh, thank God I'm here on time. Would you stand with me? Let's just stand and pray and uh, I want you to pray a very specific prayer. I want you to say, God, I want you to bless your word to my heart this morning. I want you to give me understanding of your word this morning, Lord. All right? I want you to pray that prayer request because God will answer. I'm telling you that based on my experiences from in the last 12 hours. Amen? Amen. God answers prayer. Amen? Yes. Praise the Lord. Lord in heaven, thank you for the privilege that we have to come to you in prayer. Lord, we're able to share with you our needs and our our sufferings and whatever, Lord. We're able to share it all with you and you care for us. You really are aware and attentive to all of our anxieties. Now, Lord, we're going to delve into your word this morning again, and I ask you, Lord, to bless your word to our hearts, help us to understand it, and to allow it to grow in our hearts, and make us to become the true disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ that we ought to be. Bless everyone, Lord. 
from the new convert, oh God, to those that are recently, uh, that have been serving you for many years. God, bless your word to our hearts and speak to all of us in some way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. And again, we're on the time clock, but we're going to move right through this uh, Bible lesson this morning. This is something that I began to put together a couple of weeks ago. Felt that God had it for this service today. And uh, already got some other notes laying beside my computer. One says, the, the, um, I've talked so much in Portuguese this morning that I'm going to have a hard time trying to keep everything in English, but uh, put aside my computer and mark it for being for September the 8th. But I think that one's probably going to go for September the 15th because God gave me something else this morning that I want to share with you next Sunday if the Lord permits me to be here and to teach again. And it's such a powerful thing. I was just absolutely astounded how God brought that verse of Scripture to my mind and gave me a full understanding of it. Amen. Amen. I hope that I'm a blessing to you. That is my prayer, to be a blessing to you. Please give rapt attention to God's Word. Amen. Amen. I don't claim to be anybody special, any, you know, somebody with some special gifts and talents, but just a servant of God called to expound on the truths of His Word. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I know this morning... I am uh, going to give a little object lesson here, and uh, it's going to be just a little bit different than some things that I've done before, and uh, I've got a drinking glass here, all right, and uh, oh my, they got water there, drinking glass, all right, I got a question for you today, I got a question for you today, all right. Tell me, is this glass full or empty? Mm-hmm. It's empty. Okay. Do you agree with that, that it's empty? <laughs> huh? You agree the glass is empty? I don't agree with you. <laughs> the glass is full. It really is full. Now I'm going to turn it upside down. Now is it empty or full? Full. What's it full of? Air. Absolutely. <laughs> All right? It's full of air. You can't see it, but it's full. Doesn't matter what position you put that in, it's still going to be full. You can let it sit still, or you can move it rapidly, and it's still full. Full of air. All right? Interesting, huh? Interesting. So, I want to talk to you today about the empty cup, the empty glass. All right? In reality, in reality, there is no such thing as an empty glass. They're all full of something. They're full of liquid, they're full of air, they, they contain something. And as we think about this truth, any container that we see is full of something, all right? Is full of something. Uh, I hope that you have enough gasoline in your car to get home today. Tank may not be completely full, but I hope you have enough there so that you don't have to thumb a ride back to the gas station and get some gas. Uh, That's always an embarrassing situation, isn't it? And I'm sure that all of you probably had that happen at one time or another. You just forgot or you just hoped that you could get where you were going before it ran out. And when you hear that chug, chug, oh no, 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 no. You know, unfortunately, there are some people in a spiritual sense that their spiritual motor is going chug, chug, chug. They're just about out of the combustible material that they need in their soul to maintain their spiritual life, all right? The substance in this glass is invisible at this point. It could be have something else in it that would be visible. But the glass is full. There is no such thing as an empty glass, all right? And there is no such thing as an empty soul. 
You might ask me, say, well, Brother Walmer, what about, uh, what about the sinner who repents? Doesn't his soul become empty of all of the sin and the degradation that he's been involved in? Absolutely. But it does not remain empty for long. It's going to be filled with something. Something is going to occupy that space in his soul that once was occupied by the world and all of its um, considerations, or it will be filled with God's Holy Spirit. All right? The soul of man must be filled with something. All right? Now, we mentioned that this glass is full. All right? It's full of air. But put this over your nose and mouth. And how much air is in there to sustain your life? Not enough. Not enough. Uh, two or three deep breaths and it's gone. That's it. All right? So we have got to have in our lives a constant source of, life, of a life-giving substance that will help our soul to live. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. <clears throat> now, this, this glass could be filled with a substance that would be harmful to you. Right? Right. Um, well, they told me about the dog that walked into a gas station, saw a container sitting there. He was thirsty, went over there and lamp, licked up a bunch of that substance. Well, what it was was gasoline, ran down the road... And pretty soon he just dropped over. You know what happened? He ran out of gas. <laughs> <laughs> right. Ran out of gas. I got to keep you awake this morning. I see some of you are looking a little sleepy today. So I keep you awake here a little bit, okay? Ran out of gas. But we have got to have a constant source of spiritual strength in our soul. Now, we're going to move along here. This is a little bit, maybe a little bit different today, but I hope that you are able to um, get an idea of where we're going. Now, I'm going to uh, take another glass out here, and uh, I'm going to offer to somebody to drink the substance in this glass, all right? You can hear that, can't you? Yeah. Okay. Well, Brother Paul, here it is. I'm going to nominate Brother John. Want to have a drink? No, I'm good. You're good. You're not thirsty enough to drink that. <laughs> What's in there? Dirt. Well, there's a little bit of dirt. And knowing the, the, the past history of that big pot that I got this dirt out of, there could be just a little bit of cat manure in there also. You know? oh. So I think that that probably turned off any thirst that you had, Sister Felicia. All right? We, we don't want to drink that substance. You know, this, this reminds me of the heart and the soul of many people today. That their lives are filled with nothing but this junk, dirt, trash. You know, it, it, it's horrible. It's horrible. And there's nobody that wants to get near them and drink of the fountain that uh, it, it is their life. They're, they're, they're just not... Let me sit up there so you can look at it. Okay? And uh, maybe come to some kind of a conclusion what you need to do with your life. Alright? We need to really make sure that our lives uh, stay clean and pure. Now, if we let that sit there long enough, probably all of those things will settle to the bottom. But that still is not going to encourage me to drink of that water. Alright? Some things in our lives may be kind of pushed to the bottom and kind of out of sight and nobody knows what's really in our hearts. And sometimes the person himself doesn't know what's in his heart. David did not know that in his heart there was adultery and murder. 
And even after he had committed those horrendous acts, he was still just kind of like, you know, what did I do wrong? You know? And so we need to uh, be very careful about our lives. All right, now let's try a little other additional experiment here this morning. All right. All right. This, I think, is going to look a little better. Oh, my. That looks good, doesn't it? That looks good. That's, and that was a sealed model. I, I unsealed that right here just now. So there's nothing in that to harm us. All right? Now, that's the way that we need to be. Our lives need to be pure and holy and clean so that we are a fountain when, from which other people can drink of something that will give them life. Right. Amen? Amen? Praise God. In my conversation this morning with the young man in Portugal whose wife is going through a very difficult uh, health situation right now, he said, he said to me, he said, Brother Walmer, I appreciate so much all of the uh, WhatsApp messages that you send and all of the Bible studies that you send. He says, they're a source of encouragement and strength to me. Praise God. Now, that's what we need to desire of our lives, that in some way we are able to bless somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We don't get just enough water to quench our own thirst, but we become what Jesus told the widow, uh, the uh, woman at the uh, well in Samaria. He said, out of your being there can flow uh, a well of water. Amen. That was in... Uh, uh, John chapter 4, and then over in John chapter 7, Jesus was talking to others, and he said, Out of your innermost being can flow an absolute river of water that will supply the needs of many, many different people. Amen? Praise God. Now, last Sunday, we read a passage of Scripture that I want to repeat again today. And we discussed at length what things should not dwell in our hearts and what we should not put in them or allow to enter them. Today I want to tell you upon the authority of God's word what we must put in our hearts to make us acceptable to God and what will keep us from the evil that will condemn our souls to an everlasting torment. Yeah. All right? It's not just a matter of not allowing some things to come in but it is a matter of putting into our hearts those things that will make us to become the person that we ought to be. Yeah. And this has to be a conscious effort. Right. Can you say the word effort with me? Effort. All right. That's a very important word, effort. Uh, we're not just going to just uh, sit around and say, okay, God, I'm here, you know. No, we're going to have to put some effort into this thing. Yeah. Effort yeah. into prayer. Effort into Bible reading right. and uh, effort into attending the house of God and so many other different things. But we read to you last week from the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. Don't allow your soul to become contaminated with all of the impurities of the world that is around us, okay? Amen. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Okay, as we have once again read in our text, we are not to conform ourselves with the sensuous, depraved, and degraded world in which we must live. We, you've got no option. You've got to live here. They haven't created a place on the moon yet for anybody to go live, okay? Nor Mars, okay? So we are obligated to live here, okay? And we are bombarded every day with everything that is disagreeable to God. However, it is possible to live above these things that displease God, not submit to the temptations around us, giving way to what makes our flesh feel good. And that's the life that many people are living. It is a life that makes their flesh feel good. It excites their flesh. It excites their fleshly 
carnal nature. But we have got, uh, but we have got to fill our lives with something that will make us pleasing to God. Amen. Amen. Now I want to take you this morning to the uh, book of Philippians, chapter four and verse eight, and Sister. Uh, Gina will be putting this on our screen for us. We find a great solution to the problem of worldly and fleshly temptations in Philippians 4 and 8. Now, we're going to spend quite a little bit of time here this morning, all right? All right? Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise, think on these things. Now, what did we read over in Romans? We read that we need to transform our minds. We've got to transform the way in which we think. We've got to transform our lives from not meditating on things that please our flesh and concentrate on those things that are pleasing to God. Now, just to help you understand a little better this morning, this passage of Scripture, I have first of all taken a rendition out of the Williams translation of the New Testament. Now, brethren, uh, please leave that up there, okay, so they can kind of follow along as I read these other translations. Now, brother. Practice thinking on what is true. I like that. Practice. Practice. Do you know how to play the piano? No? I wonder why. Could it be a lack of practice? It could. It could. And it probably is for that reason. All right? Now, I had five and a half years of piano lessons, and then I got away from it, and, uh, and um, I don't play anymore. I can play a little bit, all right? I do know a little bit about the keyboard, all right? Maybe I have to come here and do a little something here someday, all right? But it uh, wouldn't be anything great. It's certainly not going to be a James Jones type of playing, that's for sure. But uh, uh, I could, at, uh, when I was at my... Uh, high point in my piano playing, I was able to sit down, open a hymn book, and play with both hands all the keys that were in the in the uh, uh, in the uh, in, in the hymn book. And just play, and there was no great problem. Okay, but the key word that we must emphasize here today is practice thinking on what is true. You've got to bring your mind sometimes into control. You can't just turn it loose and let it run and do whatever it wants to do. You've got to practice thinking on what is true and what is right. All right? Now keep that thought in mind. Okay? So you practice thinking on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovable, what is high-toned. Yes, on everything that is excellent or praiseworthy. All right. Now, in light of this verse of Scripture, it is going to dictate to us what kind of literature we purchase. Right. Hello. Right. Good morning. Okay. There's going to be some things that just have no place in your life. You cannot feed garbage into your life and think that something good is going to come out. Okay. Okay, the Weymouth translation of the New Testament read: Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever wins respect, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovable, whether it, uh, whatever is of good repute, if there is any virtue or anything deemed worthy of praise, cherish the thought of these things. Cherish the thought of these things. Do any of you like apple pie? Amen. Oh my. Wow, you can just boy, you can just start cherishing that thought right now, can't you? That delicious piece of apple pie. And brother Danny, it's got ice cream on top of it. 
Oh, you can do it without the ice cream? <laughs> but it is a thought that you can cherish. And boy, some of you already have got your mouth filled with saliva just thinking about it. All right? Because you cherish that thought. Oh, I can cherish the thought of a wonderful cherry pie. Oh, cherry pies are so good. All right? They really are. And and so I, I, I'm just emphasizing the word cherish. All right? There is no one that is going to cherish this glass of water. But this one is a different story. And the more I talk about this water, the longer it sits up here, the thirsty you're going to get. All right? Now, we've got to cherish those things that are right, those things that are pleasing to God. You understand what it means to cherish something, all right? Some of you may have some kind of an heirloom from uh, your mother, your father, or maybe somebody further back in your past. It is a very cherished possession to you. Now, my wife and I received for our wedding, June the 17th, 1961. Yeah, you can do the math on that, figure out how long we've been married, all right? A little high math, a little difficult for some, all right? But uh, anyway, we received a painting from a very, very dear friend. He was at that time very elderly, but he painted a picture for us of Ruth, and Naomi and um, Orpha, all right. We, I think I, I think I made a mistake in the counting. I'm going to do it again, but I believe that that picture, that painting, hand painted, not just some kind of a reproduction, but I'm talking about a hand painted picture on canvas. I believe that picture hung in 17 different residents that we have had during the course of our life. It was very precious to us. But we began to talk to our children about it, and it meant nothing to them because they didn't know the elderly brother that painted that. And so during this trip that we made to Oregon, we talked with one of his grandsons and told him about the painting we had. And we said, would you like to have it? He said, yes, without ever seeing it. He cherished it because it had been painted by his grandfather. And so we packaged it up, it cost us quite a little money, but we sent that picture to him. He said, I will cherish that. And I know that some of my children will cherish that painting, knowing where it came from, because it was uh, within the family, all right? Uh, something cherished, and I look at the spot in the bedroom where that picture hung, Sister Linda and I, I kind of miss that picture hanging there. I really do, because we've cherished that for these 58, almost 59 years of our marriage. It's been a cherished possession of ours. But in order to preserve that, we have passed it on to someone else. Now, Paul writes and says that we've got to cherish these things that we have just mentioned today. Cherish them, love them, appreciate them, and guard them and protect them. Yeah. In our lives. Amen? Amen? I'm taking you to one more translation. And to the Amplified New Testament. Uh, lends even more meaning to this. Follow the, for the rest, brethren. Whatever is true. What, whatever is worthy of reverence. And is honorable and seemly. Whatever is just. Whatever is pure. Whatever is lovely and lovable. Whatever is kind and winsome. And gracious, if there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take in, in uh, take in account these things. Fix your minds on them. All right? Fix your minds on them. That is so very, very important. Amen. I, I, I don't know how you are, and I'm not going to uh, say this this morning as a point of boasting. Am I rush? I got to turn it off. I'm sorry. All right. 
We've got to cherish these things that are lovely, these things that are lovable, these things that please God, all right? Now, as I was beginning to say, I'm not endeavoring to boast this morning, but there are times when I wake up in the middle of the night and I am meditating in my subconscious mind on passages of God's Word. There are times when in my subconscious I am preaching a message greatly anointed by God, feeling the presence of God. There have been times when I have woken from my sleep literally crying, weeping in the presence of God because I was so touched by God even during my sleeping moments. And many have been the times when we have awakened from our sleep in the morning when it's time to arise. And there are the words of an old hymn of the church that are, is running through our minds and encouraging us and strengthening us for that day. Now, why does this happen? Because over a period of many years, we have focused on those things. We have fixed those things in our minds so that even in our subconscious, uh, uh, there is a knowledge of those things. Amen. Now, I want to go over those things one more time with you this morning. In the list given in this verse, we have eight things that we must always do. Eight things. All right. I wish that Sister Dita, uh, Sister uh, Gina were very rapid. She could write those out on the computer real quick. I can put them up on the screen, but I don't think she's can do this because it'd be very quick. She's got a, she's got the list there. Maybe she can. But we must fill our mind, our heart, yes, our very souls with these things. One, true things, not lies. True things. Two, honest things. Three, just things. Four, pure thing. Five, lovely thing. Six, reports of good things. Seven, virtuous things. And number eight, things worthy of praise. And you think about so many different things that you have knowledge of in our world today. And they're not worthy of praise. They're not worthy of our meditation. They're not true things. They're not honest things. They're not just things. They're not lovely things. They are unlovely things. And if we are not careful, our mind will be filled with all of those things. And our thinking will be wrongly adjusted to think in wrong things. And then we remember the scripture that said, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you give way to those impure thoughts and those unholy things and to those lies and everything else, all right, it will not be long until you become what you are meditating on. Right. That's right. Now, you may wonder sometimes why we are so opposed to uh, certain worldly music because it is not wholesome. It's not just. It's not pure. It's not holy. It is suggested of things that are contrary to God's will for you. All right? Sorry. No, I'm not sorry. (laughs) Maybe maybe getting on you a little bit about what is not going to contribute to a successful uh, Christian life and experience. Amen? All right. Now... We're moving along rapidly here. Paul wrote to the church in Colossae, that is the in the book of Colossians, all right, counseling them to do the following. Colossians 3 and 2. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Set. Set. All right. I don't know how you like to think about the word set, but it just kind of like nail it down. All right? My wife makes some very delicious desserts and sometimes salads using jello. All right? But it's not very good when it's not set. 
It's better when it's firm. Isn't it, Sister Denise? <laughs> and uh, sometimes she makes it with cabbage and sometimes with carrots and sometimes with fruit cocktail and just a lot of different things and it's very, very good. All right? But it has got to sit. She'll sometimes say, go check the refrigerator and see if the jello is set yet. Go there. No, it's not set yet. Oh, okay, we'll wait a while. And after a while, it's set and you can dip it out and put it in a bowl and it just kind of sits there nice. Well, we've got to set these pure, holy things in our mind. They have got to be solidly established in our mind and in our hearts, hallelujah, in such a way that no amount of bombarding from the world with all of its uh, uh, deprivation and all will ever remove those things from us. Uh, This same passage of Scripture in Colossians uh, in the Amplified New Testament says, and set your minds and keep them set on what is above the higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. All right? I hope that we have some honest people here today. Honest. And that as I minister to you from the Word of God today, that you will analyze your own heart and determine whether you have really set your affection on things that belong to God. What is your fondest dream? What is your fondest ambition? Drive a Lamborghini? Maybe a Ferrari? Well, I suppose that'd be all right, but, you know, hey, they got four wheels and a motor and a steering wheel, and they get me from point A to point B about the same way that my little old 15-year-old Jeep Cherokee does. You can't go over 70 miles an hour anyway, Nathan, so what's the big deal? I mean, why do you need 700-plus horsepower? No, that is an honest question. (laughs) All right? The reason that people want to drive those cars is so they can show off. All right? Where are you going to have fun? Yeah, right. Let me tell you one thing. That 700 horsepower is not going to give your pocketbook much fun. Okay, And you know, I I can compare all of these things to the things of the world and how they damage our soul. We need to leave them alone. And we need to set our affections on things that are above. All right? I'm taking you right now to the book of Psalms, uh, chapter 1. All right? How many of you know Psalms 1? All right? Tell you what, in all of the things that I had to do last night and this morning, I have kind of really failed in putting some of the scripture references here, but that's Psalms 1, Sister Sister Jean. All right. All right. Now, blessed is the man who goes to the nightclub. No. No. I don't think so. Blessed is the man who spends a few hours down at the local tavern. No. All right. Blessed are the young people who go to the dance hall. I'm getting some smiles out of some of you. (laughs) All right. Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, say delight with me. Delight. Delight. Danny would delight in having a big apple pie to take home today. (laughs) Sorry, Danny, my wife didn't make you one, all right? (laughs) I kind of pick on Danny because we just, we got a good friendship going, okay? But his delight is in what? Law. Law. Would you please say law with me? Law. Law. 
I've got some serious questions about Nathan. <laughs> and that Lamborghini. I'm just wondering if he is really a law-abiding citizen. And if he would remain a law-abiding citizen with a car with 700 and some horsepower under the hood. All right? <laughs> Temptation would be too great, Nathan. Just too great. All right? His delight, delight, do we understand that word? Delight is in the law of the Lord. That means he loves it. That means that he meditates on it, that it is very important to him. I I don't know how else I can say it this morning, quickly here. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Hallelujah. Delight in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate both day and night. Okay? Now I'm talking today how to transform your mind. To get it set on the things that God is pleased with. This is it. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaves shall not wither. And whosoever... Uh, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous. Hello? The Lord knoweth the way of the righteous. It may, I hope it's not, But it may be a frightening thought to you to know that God knows your thoughts. Knows what you meditate on. And if you find yourself in a train lane of thought that is not not pleasing to God, talk to God and curse that thing out of your life and get it gone out of your life so that you can be pleasing to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. All right. Now, I'm trying to be quick here. David failed because he did not go to battle as was the custom and his duty. Stay at home. I'm not going to go to battle today. I'm going to stay home. That was the worst day of his life. He saw what he should not have seen, allowed his carnal fleshly nature to take control. All right? Right. And he committed adultery. And to endeavor to cover up his adultery, he committed murder. And that's what happens when we allow our minds to become filled with unholy, impure thoughts. It goes from one thing to another. Or maybe it would be better to say it goes from bad to worse. Okay? So we must guard the entrance to our hearts. We must never allow ourselves to be drawn into a compromising situation. A number of years ago down in Brazil, I went to a... uh, a store that sold all kinds of office supplies and art supplies and all of that sort of thing and I needed some I needed some files for my file cabinet and so I went in there and I selected the ones that I needed and I took them to the cashier and said oh you, th- th- this price includes all of the the little etiquettes uh, the little papers that go in there and the little plastic holders oh okay so I go back to the counted there, and the young lady begins to uh, count out for me what I need. I think I had like maybe three dozen, and so there's three dozen of this, and three dozen that, three dozen of all these things. And during the course of this transaction, she made a very indecent proposal to me. All right? She's an employee of the store. And basically, she said to me, wouldn't you like to sleep with me? I did not understand the, uh, the, the words that she used in an 
uh, wrong sense in the Portuguese language. I was very much into Portuguese then, but I didn't understand that use. And I kind of was kind of meditating on that. And when it finally dawned on me what she was saying, Sunshine, I want you to know, we got that stuff counted and I got out of there. I paid my bill and I hit the street. I was gone. Gone. And for at least a year and a half, I didn't even go back in that store. It was closer to me for me to go there than to go to their other store, which was downtown. But I went downtown because I did not want to be in a situation where I could be, I was not, but where I could be tempted in a weak moment in my spiritual life. All right? Now here's what the scriptures tell us. All right? 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 22. Flee. Huh? Oh, I'm sorry. 2 Timothy. Thank you, sister. Flee youthful lust. All right? You know what it means to flee? Get your tenny runners on and hit the road, dude. Get out of there. All right? Go. Get gone. Flee. Flee. Run for everything that you can to get out of that situation. Because it is not wholesome for you to play around with sin. You know, there's some that just, they just kind of play footsie with sin. You know, just just see how far they can go and not fall. They will fall because you do not play around with sin. So you flee youthful up. First uh, Corinthians chapter five and verse twenty-two said, "Abstain from the uh, from all appearance of evil." Amen. What would you think if you saw me some night about midnight uh, hanging around outside a tavern somewhere? I mean, oh, I wasn't drinking, I wasn't smoking, I wasn't dancing, but the very environment would bring questions into your mind with regard to my spiritual integrity. And so it is very important that you uh, are are careful about what you purchase as books and magazines. We have inadvertently bought books sometimes that when we read the first page or two, nope, this is not the right book for me. And we discarded that book. I didn't give it to anybody. I didn't want anybody to think that I would have that kind of literature in my home. So I discarded it, got rid of it. All right? Because I want to be very careful about what people think of me. I'm going to avoid the appearance of evil. Amen? Amen? Very quickly, winding up with the last two scriptures that I placed on this just before I left this morning for church. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15 through 17. Listen carefully. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That does not mean that God does not love you. It means that you do not love God. Because no man, I don't care who you are, no woman, no young person can serve two masters. It's impossible. You're going to love one and hate the other, or vice versa. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So when you have those feelings in you, lusting after this or that or something else, put it down in your little book, this is of the world, and take it to prayer and say, God, I don't want this in my life anymore. Amen? Praise God. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abides forever. You want eternal life? Then get God in your life. Get His Word in your life. Get His His presence in your life. And let it be a total fulfilling experience to you. Now Jesus warned His disciples in John 15 and 18 that because they would Uh, serve him that they would be hated of the world. He said, if the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. All right? If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, 
Therefore, the world hates you. Don't think for one moment that you're going to be able to please the world and please God at the same time. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. The world is going to hate you. Uh, They're going to hate what you stand for. They're going to hate your holy thinking. They're going to hate your Christian singing. They're not going to understand why you don't participate with them in all of their activities. So just put it down firmly in your mind this morning that you're going to be hated of the world. They're not going to like you. But you are going to serve God. And as a result of that, you are not going to suffer destruction in the end. Stand with me. Praise God. Praise God. Anybody thirsty? Probably better than mine here. All right. Praise God. Praise God. God is so good. And, and the more I read God's Word, the more I study God's Word, the more I realize that it has the instructions that I need for my life. Yes. And I hope that you understand that as I endeavor to minister you from Sunday to Sunday. Lord Jesus, we again we thank you for your Word. We thank you for your Word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that dwells in our hearts and will anoint this Word to our hearts. And help us, O oh God, to live our lives in a way that is pleasing to you. Now bless the remainder of this service today, and we'll give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, it's not because necessarily I'm teaching, but I just really believe that God has given me something very important for next Sunday. So be here. And those that are not here, invite them to be here because we're going excuse study together something very important from the word of God and it's going to be from a very obscure passage in the Bible from a book that you probably have not read or not read for a long time so be ready for something just a little bit new okay praise God praise God God bless you time for meet and greet let's uh, hug some necks and and Those of you that are parents, pick up your kids. Sunday school's over. All right. Praise God. Praise God. So good to have each one of you here today. So wonderful to have you here. May God bless you richly and abundantly.